I'd like to welcome everyone today, and especially if you're a guest with us this morning. We are so thrilled to have you in service with us today. And if this is by chance your first time ever in an apostolic church, um, we're well aware we're probably a little different than what you're used to. You haven't even seen half of it this morning. But um, I would rather you leave here saying those people are crazy than to leave here and say, well, that's just like everything else I'm used to. So if you're watching us online, we welcome you as a part of this service today as well. Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Verse, beginning with verse number 1. Psalmist David says, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art, and art acquainted acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot contain unto it. Now, David's about to ask some questions in this next verse. And I want you to understand the context of these questions is not because he wants to know how to get away from God. He's actually expressing something very positive, but it could sound a little bit negative if you sort of read it from the wrong perspective. And so he says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit or... Whither shall I flee from thy presence? Where, where is it that I would go, God, that you're not there? And again, he's not trying to figure out how can I get away from you. He's actually reassuring himself. No matter where I am, no matter what I'm going through, God, you're there. Can I pause right now and tell somebody in this place... You may not feel it. It may not look like it. But God has known exactly where you are. And you may feel like you're going through hell. But you can't go anywhere that God isn't there. If I ascend up into heaven, you're there. Well, of course, we would, we would surely assume that God's in heaven, right? Yeah, but how about the next part? If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. The verses were read at the beginning of this service. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Scripture says, The light 
shined into darkness. It doesn't matter how dark it may seem. If God's there, even the darkness is light to God. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, and the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. Verse number 14 says this, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that, the fact that I am fearfully, wonderfully made, and that your works are marvelous, that my soul knoweth right well. Today's English version says, verse 14, this way, I praise you because you are to be feared. Not feared in the sense of terror because of he will hurt you, but feared in the sense of reverence and awe and respect. All you do is strange and wonderful. I know it with all my heart. I know it with all my heart. I want to ask you a question as my title this morning. What do you know? What do you know? God, your presence is in this place. Not only is your presence in this place, but I feel your power in this place. You're already working and moving, God, in ways we don't even see yet. I feel, God, you desire to do something significant in lives in this service this morning. And so, as we have been ushered into your presence by our singing and our worship, I pray now, God, that your spirit would be absolutely free to do what you want to do in this place today. Lord, there's not one individual here today, whether they come here all the time or it's their first time here that this is an accident or a coincidence or they're just here by chance. You have divinely orchestrated this day, this moment, because you've been with us everywhere we've been. Whether we felt you or not, whether we knew it or not, you've been with us and you've brought us to this place. God, I pray this morning that there would be faith that would be released here today, that as the word goes forth, people would mix your word with faith, that it might benefit them trust you today and depend upon you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The Bible tells us, the Apostle Paul tells us that faith comes by hearing. And that hearing comes by the Word of God. The scripture also tells us in the book of Hebrews that he that cometh to God must. Anybody besides Brother Barr know that verse? He that cometh to God must believe. You must believe, first of all, that he is. He is God. He is the only God. But then he says... You must believe that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. If I could paraphrase it and say it this way, He responds to those who seek after Him. 
But there's got to be faith. I, 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 I've, I've been a Christian, I guess you could say, say it that way, basically all my life. I've been born and raised in this church. My parents started this church in 1970. This is all I've known. This is, this is, this is it. And I've heard literally thousands of messages and things taught in my lifetime in addition to how many hours of study I've put in for myself in trying to know the Word of God. And I'm going to tell you this morning, I cannot fully explain everything there is about God to you. I can't, I can't fully explain to you what He does and how He works and and the ways in which he moves. There's some principles that I know. At the end of the day, you've got to put your intellect aside and you've got to have faith. While this book is true and there's plenty of things that have confirmed the truthfulness of this book, science and archaeology have confirmed things that are in this book. At the end of the day, it's not your intellect that is going to get you somewhere with God. It's going to be your faith. So again, it all has to start with faith. Can I tell you this morning, there is a difference between what you simply believe versus what you know. They're not the same thing. It's got to start with faith. It's got to start with faith. It's got to start with the hearing of the Word of God. I, it is my hope and prayer over the course of the next little while that you are going to hear some things from the Word of God that are going to, that are going to cause some faith to rise inside of you. But can I just tell you right now, at the conclusion of this message, if you will respond with your faith, God is going to demonstrate to you personally something beyond just what you hear because there is a difference between just hearing and seeing faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God but can I tell you when you have seen what it was you first believe the level of faith and the and the and the strength of that faith is unshakable there may be some things this morning that we've done in this service that if you've never been around them you may think they're they're odd you may question them for example if you've heard someone speaking in tongues this morning you you may not understand understand all of that you may think it's not real or not for us today but there's a problem for me I don't just believe it anymore it's not just what I've heard about it's now what I have experienced for myself and so when you just have faith and it's got I'm not minimizing faith But when all you have is faith without experience, your faith might be shaken. But when your faith has experienced what God can do, it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter if the world says there's no God. It doesn't matter if the world says that religion is just something we... I'm sorry you've come a little bit too late to tell me that because I don't just believe anymore. I now know. Psalmist said, my soul knows this. This is what I know. 
The word know there originally in the Hebrew means to know by experience. To be acquainted with. To make oneself known. To be perceived. To cause to know. My wife made these, I think they were called apple bars yesterday. They were so good I couldn't stay away from them. Trying to lose some weight. My daughter's getting married in a couple of weeks. and I want to look skinny. I don't want to look fat in her pictures. And my wife had to go making these. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I don't even, there was apples and I don't, what was that brown stuff? Was that? Was there some caramel in there or no? What? Maple syrup and I think there was, oh my. Huh? Okay. Well, I'm just telling you, I mean, that's, uh, okay. There was this, let me just, there was this brown layer of ooey gooey stuff, little crust. But you know what? If you've never had those, that's doing nothing for you. Yeah, it, make, it, may, it might make you want them. But if you haven't tasted them, you just don't know. You, you don't know. There is something about a personal experience. And, and as I said already, if you're a guest today, it's, it's sort of common. We would have gone from worship directly in if you had a need, if you have a need, praying for you. But as, as we worshiped, I felt so strongly this morning, some of you need to hear what the Word of the Lord wants to say to you. Because some of you don't quite have the faith yet to believe, to receive what God has for you. And so if you would just let the Word stir some faith up you in the... In, Stir some faith in you this morning. I am telling you that at, that by the end of this service, there's going to be some people that walk out of here. And it's not just going to be what you, what you believe because of what's been preached. But there's going to be some people that walk out of here today and say, I know that the power of God is real. I know that the Spirit of God is real. Not because somebody told me, but because I experienced experienced it for myself. You can believe simply based on being told, but you're never going to really know until you experience. I got this verse at the very end of my notes, and I'll, but I'll just go ahead and read it right now. The psalmist said in Psalms 34 in verse 6, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, taste 
and see that the Lord is good for every single person in this place today. No matter where you've come from, no matter what life you're living, no matter what mistakes you have ever made in your past, no matter how bad of a person you may think you are, God has a taste for you this morning. But the good news is God doesn't, you know what, sometimes, uh, last last Sunday I was in Liverpool, England ministering, and what a great time, uh, I mentioned a little bit about it Thursday, maybe I'll talk a little bit more about it tonight, but they were doing uh, what's called an all-nations Sunday, and they were celebrating all the nationalities, and the, the church there in Liverpool has got 20 plus nationalities that are represented a part of it, and, 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 and so uh, one of the best parts of that, just like it is here, is the food at the end. I told him when I got up to preach, service had been going a while. I said, listen, let me just tell you all one thing. I will not preach one minute longer than I absolutely feel like I'm supposed to because there's a bunch of good food. So all these different countries set up. They had they had Filipino and Japanese and Colombian and, and Jamaican. And I mean, they, it was... Whew. problem is all they wanted you to do was take a sample. I got to tell you, when I take a bite of something that's good and it's a sample, it just makes me mad. I want more. If I really like it, I want more. I, I don't want no little, you know, one of them little paper cup things with a bite. Can I tell you? The invitation this morning is taste and see. But Jesus said this. He was, he, was, uh, he, 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 he was going, him and the disciples were on their way somewhere, and he said, we got we to gotta go through Samaria. I, he said, I must needs go through Samaria. And they get to Samaria, and they're at the well, and it's, it's not the normal time of the day to be at the well, and there's a woman who comes to the well and it turns out the reason she's coming to the well when she is is because she doesn't have a very good reputation in town. And so she doesn't want to interact with everybody when they normally come to the well. She wants to come when nobody's going to be looking at her, talking about her, whispering things about her behind her back. But Jesus knew she was going to be there. And so Jesus said, I've got to be there. I've got to go there. And she walks up and Jesus says to her, can, can you give me something to drink? And, and Jesus, being a Jew, she was a Samaritan. Her initial response is, what are you doing talking to me? We don't, we don't interact with each other. We don't mix. And, and, and so he asks her for this drink. And, 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 and she, there's a little bit of back and forth about that. And then all of a sudden he switches things on her. And he says, you know what? I have water to give. That if you drink of this water, you will never thirst again. And then in another place he says this. This water is going to be in you and flow out of you like a river. So can I tell you, while it may start with a taste... God wants you to have your own supply. 
Can I tell somebody, I I think there's probably somebody here this morning, you're feeling something you've never felt in your life before. Can I tell you that doesn't just happen here in this sanctuary. You don't have to just come to this building to feel that. It, It doesn't have to be a service like this. You can be laying down on your bed at night all by yourself and just simply whisper that name and the same thing that's in this room right now is the same thing that will be with you. How do you go from believing to knowing? I'll give you a couple of examples. Exodus 18, verse number 7 says this, Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and did obeisance and kissed him and they asked each other of their welfare and they came into the tent and Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done unto Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake and all the, tra- all the travail that had come upon them by the, by the way and how the Lord delivered them and Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Lord of the Egyptians. And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who hath delivered thee out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh who hath delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Just to give you a quick background here, Moses who had run from Egypt at 40 years old ends up in the wilderness, ends up marrying one of Jethro's daughters, spends a season with him and then says, I've got to go back to Egypt because God is sending me there to be the deliverer, to lead. Israel out of Egypt. And so now the verses that we've read, that has happened. They've been through the ten ten plagues. They've walked through the Red Sea. They've come out and God has delivered them from from Egypt and from Pharaoh. Listen to what Jethro says now in verse 11. Now I know that the Lord is greater than than all gods. For in the thing wherein they dealt proudly, he was above them. Apparently, when Moses first came to Jethro, married his daughter, spent years with him, all Jethro at that point had done was heard about the God of Israel. But now, he said, Now I know. Not just what I've heard, not just what I believe, but now I know. 2 Kings chapter 5 verse number 13 says this, And his servants, this is speaking of Naaman, the Syrian general who had leprosy and had come to Israel to get to get some help and he gone to the prophet Elisha and Elisha tells him to go dip seven times in the Jordan River and, and so he was kind of upset about that but his servants came near and spake unto him and said my father if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing wouldest thou not have done it how much rather then when he saith to thee wash and be clean Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And he turned to the men of God, he and all his company, 
and came and stood before him. And he said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now, therefore, I take thee, take a blessing of thy servant. Now I know. Go down to this messy Jordan River. We got rivers back home that are cleaner and better than these rivers. What this man of God, he, the prophet didn't even come out and talk to him. He just sent his servant out. You ever, you ever go to a place of business, buying a car or something, or, or something else, you, and you're frustrated? Let me speak to your manager. Let me, uh, and they send out somebody that doesn't have any authority and whatever, and you, and you, you, you sort of get upset. What are you you're trying to appease? I want to speak to the boss. That's how Naaman was. He, you're not even going to, I've traveled all this way, and you're not even going to have the courtesy to come. But he does what the prophet says, and then he says, Now I know. Now I know. I said it already. We, we, if, again, if it's your first time in an apostolic church, we, we have, we've been very mild this morning compared to how we can act. And what's so, what's so funny to me is some of the people that act the craziest are the ones that the first time they came, they said, number one, if I can get out of here, never coming back. But if I do come back, I will never act like that. Why do they do that now? Because now they know. Now they know. I'm, I'm, tell, I'm, not, I'm not quite done preaching, but somebody hear me right now. God is here today wanting you to walk out of this place this morning and be able to say, Now I know. The love of God that was sung about earlier in this service. God wants you to walk out of this place today and not just say, I believe God loves me, but now I know that God loves me. I know it for myself. I have experienced it for myself. Acts chapter 12, verse number 6 says this, When Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly and his chains fell off from his hands and the angel said unto him gird thyself and bind on thy sandals and so he did and he saith unto him cast thy garment about thee and follow me if you case you're missing it this is an angel a real true legit angel he's not dreaming he's not his imagination this is an angel that has woken peter from his sleep and is escorting him out of the prison and when he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel but thought he saw a vision he he just thought he was dreaming when they were past the first and the second ward they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city which opened to them of his own accord and they went out and passed on through one street and forthwith the angel departed from him. 
And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. Now I know. Now, I know. Can I tell you today that God is a healer? He can heal anything. He can heal any disease. He can heal any sickness. He can heal any of it. I used to tell you that because that's what I believe. I don't tell you that anymore because it's what I believe. I tell you because it's what I know. Because now I have experienced things in my own life that it wasn't just, you know, a bug that went away after a couple of days. It was something that wasn't going to go away by itself. But God reached down as the healer and touched that issue in my body. And so now I know. There are, pe- there are people that claim to be believers. Claim to be believers that will tell you God doesn't do today what He used to do. Miracles aren't for us anymore. Signs and wonders are for us anymore. God doesn't do that anymore. I'm sorry, but I have no interest at all in a God that used to be able to do something, but can't or won't do it anymore. If He's God, what He's ever done before, He can do again. If He's God, He never changes. If He's God, His power never decreases. And can I tell you today, He is God. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what other religious people may say. God is, not was, but God is a healer. He is. He is. He is. He is. This this blows my. You know the, the the young folks aren't old enough to appreciate this, but there's some of you that will appreciate this. This this, this what I hold right here in my hand, compared to the first laptop I bought. I bought my first laptop about ninety. 394, I think it was, while I was in college. I think it had 75 meg, 75 megabyte hard drive. You can't even run stuff with 75 meg. And you... I hold right here in my hand. More ability and power in this little device than that was on that laptop. Because you see, what we're used to is the things that man designs, they get better and better and better, most things. <laughs> they get faster, they get, they get you know, they, I mean, I don't even, I used to travel and we went on vacation, I'm not a 
necessarily a photographer, but I like to take pictures and I like the memories, and so I, I'd carry a camera. We travel now, I don't even take a camera. All my photos are now taken. We've got some great photographers here, and they still use cameras in certain settings, but now I do most of the time. All I use is this. This compared to the first digital camera I ever bought. It's crazy. You mean to tell me man has the ability to improve things? And God diminishes? God decreases? That's not a God I'm interested in. Because the bottom line is, one of the, one of the reasons for this book right here is not to be a, a, a religious reference book. It's not to be a textbook. This book is the source of the foundation of my faith. And so when you and I read this book and what God did and how God worked, we're not supposed to read it and go, oh, that's really nice that God did that. It's really nice that God answered that prayer or worked that way. When we read it, what's supposed to happen is, wow, if God did that, then He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if He did it then, He can do it now. If he was able to answer that prayer then, he can answer that prayer now. See, the problem is there's too many of you this morning, you haven't gotten to the point of now I know. Now I just heard and believed, but now I know. Listen to what Paul says. Listen to Paul's desire in Ephesians chapter 1. This is Paul's letter to those that are at Ephesus. And the first couple of verses of this chapter make it plain that that's who Paul is talking to. And so in verse 15 he says this, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you somebody say that's me that you may know Paul is saying to the saint not to a saint not to a not to the leaders not to the pastor he's saying to all the saints that are at the church at Ephesus that you may know What is the hope of His calling? And what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe? According to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet 
and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is the, his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Paul says, it is my desire that you, you may know the greatness of his, that you may know the greatness of his power. Let's just make it a little bit plainer than I've said it. There's some people in this place, God's intention is to do a miracle in your life today. Today. That may be a miracle of a physical healing in your body. That may be some kind of financial need that God miraculously provides. But let me tell you what the greatest miracle is. The greatest miracle is not a dead person being raised from the dead. The greatest miracle is not blind eyes being opened or deaf ears being unstopped. The the greatest miracle is not cancer being healed. The greatest miracle is the salvation of your soul. That's the greatest miracle. So I don't know what your need is today, but I'm telling you today, if in a few moments when the opportunity comes, if you will take a step of faith, because again, it has to start with faith. You will never know until you exercise your faith. But if you will take a step of faith here today, I'm telling you that you're going to leave this place and be able to say, like these places I've just read, now... I know. The word know here where Paul says that you may know what is the hope. That word here means to see. It means to perceive by any of the senses. It means to look at, to behold, to experience. So he's not just saying that you may know intellectually. He's not just saying, I'm praying that you would know this intellectually. He's saying, I am praying that you would know this experientially. That was Paul's desire and prayer for every one of the saints. Listen to what he says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length, and the depth, and the height, and to know, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. The Amplified Bible says, verses 18 and 19 this way, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love, what is the breadth and length and height and depth of it, that you may really come to know practically, practically, through experience for yourselves, the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the rich 
richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. That you may know experientially, that you may know. At some point in the last year or two, I think it was, I came across a, a documentary called, I think it's called Free Solo, I think. It's a documentary of this guy who climbed in Yosemite. He climbed El Capitan, which is like, I think, a little over 2,000 feet, I think, the face of it. I, I watched that, and it's free solo because he climbs without any safety devices. No ropes, no nothing. A lot of times when climbers climb, they're attached to a rope, and so if you fall, the rope, you swing and... I sat there on, you know, in the comfort of my couch watching that with my palms sweating as this guy is climbing the fa- this sheer cliff. You got one chance. You fall and you're done. And I had watched that and there's another one similar uh, to that about two guys that climbed a different route and whatever and man, I was but in May I had the experience, Brother Bray, of standing and looking at El Capitan. I thought those guys were crazy when I watched the documentary. But now, I know. One of, the, one of my favorite experiences of my entire life now in the context of vacationing was just finding a spot. If, the, if my family would have left me alone, I'd have been fine. Just finding a spot. My dad, thankfully, had the brilliant idea of bringing binoculars and I, I spent probably a couple of hours, but that was all I could squeeze in, just sitting and watching. At one point, there was about eight to ten climbers at different spots. These guys, they got these, they got these tents. Some of you have seen it. They got these tents that they, they screw into the side. I mean, they're a thousand feet in the air. They screw into this. It basically hangs by a... And they sleep. Did you hear me? They sleep. They're not just there. They sleep. There is something that completely changed my perspective by seeing for myself. I am very proud to tell you today that I actually climbed El Capitan. I got about five feet up where they start from. I climbed it. I didn't climb the whole thing, but I climbed it. I climbed to the point where my nerves started going, which doesn't take much. Now I know. I, I, I could read to you. I could read to you so many things from this book, but it's really just like you sitting on the couch watching the documentary. But oh... When you start to see 
for yourself. There's a passage in the book of Song of Solomon where Solomon goes through this whole chapter of all these poetic descriptions of God, comparing Him to all these things. And then, but at the very end, he basically says this, You are all together lovely. Everything about you is just it's lovely. John 9, I'm almost done. John 9, verse 19. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then doth he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age. Ask him, he shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, He is of age, ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. But one thing I know, you want to debate about whether he's the Messiah or not. You want to debate about who he is, what he is. You, you, want, to con- you want to kill those that confess that he's the Christ. Uh, uh, that's all up to you. But here's one thing I know. All I know is that I was blind, but now I see. I can't explain it all to you. I'm not going to get in a theological debate with you. All I know is now I know. The Bible says that you are to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We believe according to the Word of God or we believe the intent of the Word of God is that baptism is not by just the sprinkling of a little bit of water but it is by complete immersion in water because baptism represents the burial of Jesus Christ. So baptism is not just a nice little religious ritual. There is something very significant that happens at baptism. And if it's been said one time around here, it's been said literally hundreds of times. People right now, the baptismal tank is currently in the back right through that glass window if this is your first time here. Whether it's in that tank or used to be in other places, now it's got a nice filtering system. It's got a heater. It's all nice. But there have been times, I don't mean to be gross, but there have been times that it was a self-contained just a tank of water and there was not uh, there, there, there was no filtering there was nothing you know, every now and then it'd get emptied and clean but after it got used a while you know and and and, and you'd walk in there and 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 there was a film now I, if I was ever the one baptizing and walked in I'm God please for five minutes blind their eyes please God Please don't let them see this. Please. But they'd go down in that water in the name of Jesus. And they'd come back up out of that water. And many times it's been said, I feel so clean. Or 
I feel like a load has been lifted. I can't explain all of that. There's nothing special about the water. There's nothing special about the tank. But I know, now I know. Now I know. I got to, I'm, I'm, this is it, I'm done. Get ready. We've, we've, had, we've got people last year, earlier this year, that have had COVID, been through COVID. Got a couple of folks in the last couple of weeks been going through COVID. One of those, we prayed for him. I think we prayed for him in service. Or I know we prayed for him. Brother, Brother Glenn Mosley. Been a part of this church for decades. Hospitalized, struggling. I got a text from him Friday. Pastor Wright, I just want to let you know I am doing well. <laughs> Hadn't been doing well. I'm doing well. I responded to his text and I said, praise God. And then he responded to my text. I already had my message for this morning. This is, I want you to listen. He responded to my text and said, I thank God for COVID. I now know who Jesus is. I am all in. Now, if he would have said, now I know... I'd have really gone off. But I'm okay that he twisted it up a little bit because he's saying the same thing. I now know the thing that the world is so upset over, the thing the world is fighting and avoiding. He says, I thank God for it because now that I've had it and been through it, I now know who Jesus is. Is I don't know what it is you're going through right now, what it is you've been through in the past, but can I tell you today, whatever it is, it is the opportunity for God to give you the experience to be able to say, Now I know. Now I know. I don't just believe. I don't just think. I definitely don't just hope. Now I know. I want you to stand, please. I, I know if this is your first time, I've gone a little long. If it's not your first time, I haven't gone very long.
And you know what? This is, God is so amazing. We were singing earlier, worshiping. Man, you could feel the power of the Holy Ghost in this place. You could feel the presence of God. And you know, there, there's been some good response along the way to this message, but let's be honest, there's not a whole lot of hype and emotion right now. And my flesh, a natural man, struggles with that. My spiritual man understands. Because this isn't about hype. And while it may be emotional, it's not about just playing with your emotion. Because for God to do for you what He wants to do, it doesn't take some kind of certain atmosphere, climate. It just takes you releasing your faith. For God to respond you to have the experience to be able to say now I know so here's what we're going to do this morning as I've said already normally we would have taken time earlier in this service to pray for those that have a need but this is the way I felt to do it today if you're here today whether you're a first time guest or you're a regular member I don't want to overanalyze or overread into what Brother Mosley said, but he's been around here a long time, but his text was now. So there's some of you been around a while, but there's another level of knowing that God wants to bring to your life. So I, I, I'm going to mention a few things, but it's not limited to these things. But just to give you an idea, if you're here today and you've got sickness in your body, I don't care if it's just a sickness that runs its course for a couple of days and goes away, or if it's a terminal disease. In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to come stand down front. We're going to pray. And there's going to be some people that leave today and will be able to say, I don't just believe that God heals. I know God heals. There's some people in this room right now that you battle addiction, whether it's drugs, alcohol, pornography, that God wants you to know today that in just one single moment, can I get a witness of somebody today that can testify that in one moment, your alcohol addiction, your drug addiction went away in one moment because of the power of God. So if you've got an addiction, God wants you to know. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and spoken in other tongues, again, the greatest miracle of all, God doesn't want you just to hear about it. He wants you to experience it. So we've got a couple of people that have already come, but if that's you this morning, I want you to come and just stand down here. I'm going to give a few more instructions in just a moment. But if there's something, I know it's a risk. I know it's a step of faith. I know there's some uncertainty. But to get to the point you know, you got to first act on what it is you believe. To be able to know it, you've got to first step out on faith and just believe it. In the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, we're going to just, just another moment here while a few folks are coming, but I feel it beginning to move in this thing. It hadn't gone anywhere. What we felt as we worshiped earlier, it's still here. In the name of Jesus Christ. I, I don't want to spook anybody out if you don't really believe in this, but it's, it's in the Bible and I believe it. There are angels that are in this sanctuary right now. Angels are ministering spirits from God to minister on our behalf. They're in this sanctuary right now. The name of Jesus. Now give me give me your attention just for a moment. I want everybody's attention just for a moment. Come on, God's not going anywhere. God's not going to stop. But first and foremost, if there's somebody that's come down here and you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God indwelling you, as I've already quoted, the Bible says you must repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. And so repentance is the first step. And so we're going to take a moment right now. And I don't care what you've come down here for. We're going to join together individually and ask God God if there's anything in my life that's contrary to you if there's things that I've done things that I've said things that I haven't done I should be doing I, I'm asking you to forgive me I want you to close your eyes bow your heads I'm not you're not going to repeat after me just begin to ask God on your own God forgive me I want you to forgive me today God I need you and I want you to forgive me of my sins today Lord in the name of Jesus I want your blood to be applied to my life today for the forgiveness of my sins, the washing away of my sins. Father, we present ourselves to you. We acknowledge that we've all sinned and come short of your glory. But you've provided love and mercy and salvation, your blood for us to be clean, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now here's what we're going to do. I don't care again. I don't care what your reason, what the need is for you today. God's going God's to touch you in an individual way. We're going to respond collectively, but God's going to move individually. And so just a moment, I'm, gonna, I'm going to speak the word of faith. I don't have time to explain all of that to you if you don't know what that means. But I'm going to speak the word of faith in this place. And when I do, when I say in the name of Jesus, I want you to just lift your hands, whatever the need is, and I want you to just begin to thank Him for doing what it is you need. If it's healing in your body, if it's deliverance, if it's salvation, you begin to thank Him and praise Him. And as you begin to do that, He is going to take you from believing to knowing. So I want you to close your eyes, lift your hands if you would. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the authority of your word, by the power of your name, I loose your spirit in this place right now to do what is needed in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, just be, it's not about what you feel. You may feel something. You may not feel something. 
Faith is not based on feeling. Faith doesn't have to have feeling to be active and working. I believe in the name of Jesus. God, I believe you for healing right now. I believe you for healing of disease right now in the name of Jesus. I believe you for deliverance from addiction right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I believe you, God, for financial provision right now in the name of Jesus. We believe you for the infilling of the Holy Ghost right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for peace upon minds in this place today. I pray, pray for peace upon minds in this place. Deliverance from anxiety. Deliverance from depression. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would let us leave here today. Not just believing, but knowing. Not just believing what you can do, but knowing what you can do. Come on, the power of God is working. Come on, the power of God is working right now. Somebody's moving from believing to knowing. Somebody's moving from believing to knowing. I believe today, Lord, but I want you to take me from believing to knowing. I believe, but I want to go beyond believing. I want to know. I want to know without a shadow of a doubt. I want to experience what you have, God. nothing out of your control. There's nothing too hard for you. There's nothing too big for you, God. Nothing is impossible. Nothing, 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 nothing. for you, God. Nothing is impossible. 